This is the Hoosier Ag Today morning podcast on Monday, the 11th of December, 2023. I'm Andy Eubank, and the Hat Podcast is brought to you today by First Farmers Bank and Trust. Experience banking built on heart, grit, and agriculture. Visit ffbt.com to learn more or stop by your local branch and talk about your ag operation today. Coming up, Eric Pfeiffer and Sabrina Halverson on the news, including USDA making direct loan applications easier. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin says cold air but warming later in the week. And a review of the Friday markets and WASDE report coming up with analyst Brian Basting on the Monday Who's Your Ag Today podcast. At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we know that when agriculture thrives, we all do. It's the heart and grit of our agricultural communities that keep the crops coming in and the livestock cared for day and night. That's why we build financial solutions around the needs and schedules of our ag clients. If you're looking for a financial partner that has over 135 years experience in understanding and supporting agriculture, we want to hear from you. Let's harvest success together. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC, equal opportunity lender. From seed, grain, and feed companies to crop protection, farm implements, and technology, agribusiness is all around us here in Indiana. I'm Bruce Kettler, President and CEO of the Agribusiness Council of Indiana. At ACI, our sole focus is on the needs of our members. We advocate, educate, inform, and we invite you to join us in our mission. Visit our website, inagribiz.org, to become a member. That's inagribiz.org. The Agribusiness Council of Indiana, strengthening and connecting Indiana agribusiness. USDA providing more access online, and Farm Bill discussions continue. I'm Eric Pfeiffer. This is Hoosier Ag Today. The Department of Agriculture has announced a new online application for direct loan customers. USDA Deputy Secretary Sochil Torres-Small says the agency is trying to make things more convenient for U.S. producers. America's farmers are working incredibly hard to make sure that we have the food and the fiber and the fuel all across the country. As you may know, about 26,000 producers every year submit direct loan applications to USDA, but often farmers end up leaving incomplete applications on the table or withdraw their direct loan applications. And so we've been digging into how to make those loans more accessible to hardworking farmers. She says it's a great option for farmers who might not have the time to stop into their local FSA office. Farmers can still go into an FSA office, talk with their loan officer, and get the assistance they need there. But if they have trouble finding time to do it during business hours or want to have more time to do research on their own, now they have a way to apply for a loan online or through their cell phone even. So this is a tool that allows farmers to go to farmers.gov slash loan assistance tool to apply online. It also allows farmers to then track the progress of their loan to see whether and how quickly it'll be approved. USDA is rolling out the new application site in stages. For individual farmers, it is being launched today. Now, it'll take a little bit of time as FSA works to build out the same opportunity for legal entities or for married couples applying jointly. But as of today, as individual farmers will be able to apply. For more information, visit farmers.gov slash loan assistance tool. 
You can get that link also at HoosierAgToday.com. Last Wednesday was Member Day for the House Ag Committee. That's when all members of the House were invited to share their concerns about the next farm bill with the House Ag Chairman and its ranking member. Sabrina Halverson reports. Chairman Glenn G.T. Thompson started the conversation by emphasizing how important the farm bill is. Now, these men and women have struggled with fractured supply chains, considerable input costs, relentless inflation, natural disasters, volatile markets, labor shortages, and each consistently worsened by ill-conceived, half-baked executive action. Now, this committee has a magnificent mandate to deliver a farm bill that protects and enhances the resources needed for producers to mitigate risks, increase our nation's position on the world stage, and strengthen agriculture's return on investment, and most importantly, safeguard food and national security. While several of the visiting legislators talked about the importance of crop insurance, Congressman Rick Allen of Georgia talked about the needs of specialty crop growers. Regarding market prices, I encourage the committee to address failing uh, market prices due to seasonal inputs. Many farmers are forced to compete with foreign subsidized imports, causing a large decrease in the market value of many seasonally grown commodities. Congressman Austin Scott, my colleague, uh, introduced H.R. 4580, the American Seasonal and Perishable Crop Support Act during the 117th Congress. I ask that similar language uh, to this bill be included in the next farm bill. In addition, several members offered their support and well wishes for Thompson, who announced earlier this week that he was diagnosed with prostate cancer. I'm Sabrina Halverson. All right, Sabrina, thanks. And in case you missed it, at HoosierAgToday.com, Indiana-based farmer-owned cooperatives, Co-Alliance, and Siri Solutions have announced an agreement to pursue a merger, with both cooperatives unanimously approving a member vote for the merger. You can read more on this at HoosierAgToday.com and in the new Hoosier Ag Today mobile app, a free download for iPhone and Android. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network. Let's face it, operating a farm isn't going to get any less expensive this year. That's why an operating loan from Farm Credit Bid America is built to give you more cash back and more flexibility in how you are able to manage your funds. Learn more at fcma.com operating and get an operating loan that pays you back. Loan subject to credit approval. Additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Bid America is an equal opportunity lender. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Act Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. Colder air coming into the Hoosier State as we kick off this week. That cold air blasted in yesterday. But precipitation, honestly, we ended up in a much better place on precipitation than what we had concerns about almost a week ago at this time. We dodged the heaviest rain, and now we're going to be dealing with the cold air over the course of the next two to three days. Strong northwest flow will be dominating for your Monday, for your Tuesday, and the early part of Wednesday. We will see a site temperature moderation push the second half of the week once we get on the backside of Canadian high pressure. I don't believe that really kicks in here until we probably get into a Thursday morning to afternoon. And then Friday is going to be milder with sunshine. That's the thing. We are dry pretty much all week. We see more clouds here early on with this northwest flow across the Great Lakes. I'm not concerned about precipitation, but lake-enhanced cloud cover in northern parts of the state at least. But as we go through the rest of the week, we see better sunshine potential. The dry pattern continues through the weekend and into early parts of next week. I think we go most of the next 10 days without any significant precipitation. Most of the country is devoid of major system activity as well. But I can tell you this, as temperatures really start 
start to bubble up through the middle and end of next week. I'm expecting a significant round of moisture to try and come in somewhere out of the west and southwestern U.S., but right now it's not anything that's going to be earth-shattering. So dryness is the key here. Cold temperatures are slowly giving way to milder. That's the way your forecast is stacking up. There's not much more to it than that. I'm meteorologist Ryan Martin. USDA supply and demand update, and by the end of trade, the markets were all in sell-off mode. This is Hoosier Ag Today with the Friday Farm Market Review. I'm Andy Eubank. Settlements coming up. We begin with market analysis of what happened in the markets and within that USDA supply and demand update. For that, at the end of trade, I checked in with Brian Basting at Advanced Trading. Brian, USDA supply and demand update and not a whole lot of market reaction other than about a 30-point turnaround in soy futures, higher to lower. And that may well be about uh, the Brazilian soybean production being cut by USDA. Not as much, though, as the average of trade guesses. So what else was in the numbers of interest to you? Yeah, it was a lot of the report, Andy, was in line as such with expectations. Um, but but you highlighted one that it wasn't. And I'd even dig a little deeper into that, Andy, and share with your listeners that not only did USDA adjust the current crop size, in this case smaller, as you said, 2 million tons. However, they increased last year's crop. That's the crop 22-23. Uh, crop was harvested back there in March, April, and May of this year. They increased that crop by 2 million tons. And so what USDA did was uh, they carried that 2 million ton increase in last year's crop over into the carry-in supply for this crop year. So basically it offset that smaller crop that the USDA has penciled in now for this year. I hope that makes sense to your listeners because basically it's kind of a wash there. And they actually increased then Brazilian uh, soybean exports for this crop year by that 2 million tons. And they took the carryout for this year down. Bottom line, uh, that surprised the trade a little bit there. Uh, now, the 161 estimate for this year is not carved in stone. I remind your listeners that we are in the midst of the next 45 days of making a Brazilian bean crop. But it was just enough to maybe shake the markets uh, up a little bit here and, and a little seal of profit taking on Friday. Uh, for corn, Andy, not a lot of change there. They did increase the corn exports from the U.S., 25 million bushels. We have seen an uptick in users overseas, particularly Mexico, but others now have come in with these lower corn prices, well below $5 now, for example, on the board, and uh, or did get down that way uh, a week or 10 days ago. And they did buy. We had decent week of export sales here. So uh, a little bit of a base, more of a choppy pattern developing, it seems like, for corn. The wheat, they did incorporate the, um, the export sales of soft red wheat to China, and they did uh, tighten up that wheat balance sheet. But some of that may have already been built in the market, Andy. So I guess uh, when all the dust has settled, uh, not a ton of surprises, maybe just the biggest nugget, if you will, would be that Brazilian adjustment in the old crop. Um, I would add, however, that they did, increase, they did increase Chinese imports for this current crop year by 2 million tons. So Chinese demand is still there. It's just that they may have a few more Brazilian beans to, to tap into than we thought before. So with all of that said, we probably then move right along back to South American weather, paying attention to that most of all for market cues. Yes. As we enter this last 
Oh, three weeks here of, of December, no doubt. We're looking at South American weather cues. I would add uh, we're keeping a close eye, though, on these daily export sales announcements. We're seeing some, some nice export sales of beans. And we did see a corn export sales service here on Friday to unknown destinations. So uh, there's a little bit of rumbling. I, I can't stand here and say it's, it's true or not, but it's something to be aware of that maybe maybe China might be, might be snooping around for some corn. But uh, for the moment, uh, you're right. The, the top of the uh, front burner, if you will, is that uh, South American weather. Um, we'll come in here and take a look at that early next week, or actually as early as Sunday night, uh, because a lot of those beans are setting pods and, and um, filling pods, Andy, in northern Brazil. And um, those beans are, are, will be sensitive to weather all the way through the rest of the month. And then we transition into January, where those beans in the southern half of Brazil will be weather sensitive. So, um, yeah, I think uh, along with Along with the um, uh, weather, we'll be watching export sales uh, daily announcements closely. Corn and soybean production here in the U.S., not really any changes there. Uh, final numbers, though, coming next month? Yeah, a big flock of reports, as it were, Andy, on January 12th, for your listeners. They do not change the U.S. production yield estimates in the December report. The last survey-based estimate was November, but they will go back and, and update everything in January. And on that January 12th, they'll give us a final production number for 2023. They'll give us a uh, updated grain stocks estimate. Uh, they'll give us winter wheat seedings. That survey is being taken as we speak here, the first two weeks of December. And um, so, yeah, there's a flock of, of, of estimates that will come out there on the 12th of January. There'll be potential market movers. Uh, so, But um, I understand uh, there is a bit of harvesting still taking place in the eastern belt. Um, but for the most part here, hopefully all your listeners are getting things wrapped up ahead of the holidays here. Economist Brian Basting with Advanced Trading, and his number is 309-664-2314. Here's how the markets settled on the last day of the week. March corn losing two and a half cents, 485 and a half. And May finishes the week at 497 and a half, a two cent drop Friday. January beans seven and three quarters lower, going to thirteen oh four. March thirteen twenty three down seven and a quarter, and March wheat leads lower, down a dime and a half at six thirty one and three quarters. The meats did go higher. February live cattle up three dollars and twenty cents, one sixty five seventy two, and February lean hogs up one dollar and twenty cents, sixty eight ninety seven. I'm Andy Eubank with the Friday Market Review. This is Who's Your Ag Today, Indiana's leading farm radio network.